When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Want to start here with a DM that I got from Lilia, I believe is her name. Lilia says, hey, Scott, silly question. What app do I need to download to my iPhone to listen to you guys on 91.5 The Beat? I've been trying to figure it out. Is there an app? Yes, there is an app, and it's called Radio Player Canada. You can get all kinds of great stations from across the country on that app. She continues, love your podcast, you guys, so funny and great to keep me sane here working at home with all my family around me driving me crazy. Podcasts are a great way to tune them out. I wish they were longer. No! This debate never ends. <laughs> By the way, that wasn't a silly question. She started off with silly question. Never a silly question. We're happy to help you on the technical side of things uh, to make sure that you can get us anywhere. So we're happy to do it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> No. He says no. No. Uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes uh, so, we do. And if you're a listener, I have a listener, and you know, every now and again, we'll throw you a good 45-minuteer, especially the best of podcasts. Those always go to about an hour. For sure. Uh, we uh, try and keep them. The generic length seems to be around 20 to 30 minutes, and we'll just do what we can. Now, if you don't like that, you are welcome to file a complaint with our complaints department that you uh, want longer podcasts, and that will get its due attention. I'm being very sarcastic. 1-888 fuck off. That's the number. (laughs) Yeah, I want to know why you guys don't work longer. Um, Well, eh, I don't know if I want to answer that, to be honest with you. (laughs) Such a bitch response to me. That's great. Um, Okay, so tomorrow. Phase it's, uh, two. Phase two, two Eve. Two, two, two. It is phase two Eve. I, uh, where I'm sitting here at uh, Sportsport Crossing, that's where we do our FM radio show. Well, Scott's uh, right now at home still. For in those Milton. wondering, because I know a couple people asked, so Scott back in the studio yet? It's not a part of our phase two. Um, it goes, obviously, each company is different too, right? And ours have decided that they're good the way things are, and we're good with the way things are for now. Well, if but, it works, what's the point? Sure, we don't sure. need to be sitting across from each other. When you have good chemistry as radio hosts, it just sort of works. I don't need to see you to know what's on your mind. And also, I can just send you photos of things happening around me. For example, I've got Moose Winooski's, a great restaurant and bar in uh, Kitchener, Right, I'm staring right at it every time I do the show. So I couldn't help but notice this morning the beer store truck pulled up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting ready to unload all that beer. And I swear to God, Scott, the guy that was working the trolley there for the beer store truck took 13, 14 trolleys full of beer off of the truck. So they're ready to go. Um, but I posted the photo. And that's where it gets interesting. I posted the photo in a couple different spots, but on Twitter, I'll give you an example of one of the responses that I got when I posted that photo. And I specifically said this is happening in Kitchener. Uh, Cletus, yes, Cletus on Twitter says, I hope they're carding people at the door. 416-905ers are not welcome until oh, fuck you- off. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Just until- fuck off. <laughs> hang on. I knew you would get, I love this. This is great. 416ers and 905ers are not welcome until they can get their act together and make it to stage two. This is supposed to be a reward for the responsible communities in Ontario. No, it's not. Not an invite 
to people living in hotspots. Halton man. Now how Fuck do you- <laughs> off. How much louder can I say it? What a but dumb you know, comment. But you know that argument is happening here and there. We've had people bring it up on our show, and don't pretend we haven't had people texting saying, Ugh, I hope the Toronto people, I hope the Mississauga people, I hope the Etobicoke people, I hope that the Milton people don't come here. You know that people are talking about it. So you, you think bullshit. Why? Why? It's total bullshit. Let's stop pretending here. Let's stop pretending. More than 99%. Of people in this province do not have COVID-19. When you don't have it, there's no risk of spread. If people are in Toronto listening to this podcast, I'm here for you. If you want to go to Kitchener this weekend or go up to Barrie this weekend, go. You know what? There's businesses that need your support there as well. And Toronto businesses will need it when you guys reopen. You can't help the fact that you've got uh, a couple extra cases there because you yourself didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. This is not a reward. (laughs) This is... uh, It's not like, oh, fuck, I was the fastest one and I got a medal. That's not what this is. Not at all. This is a matter of saving the economy and getting people back to work. This is what it is. And for for someone to say, oh, yeah, we're going to reopen, but only if you've got the right postal code... Stop. We're reopening because it's safe to reopen. And you know what? You don't know if the person coming through the door has COVID-19. It doesn't matter if they're from Toronto or Mississauga or from Barrie or from Kitchener or Orangeville. It doesn't fucking matter because if you're doing things safe, it doesn't spread anyway. Now, if you're not doing stuff that's safe, you shouldn't be opening. But if you want to go, if you have a a 905 phone number and you want to drive this weekend to london to have a beer on a patio mm-hmm. all right go ahead and do it you know what if you're feeling sick stay home otherwise go support these businesses people got to get out of this stupid mentality that that oh well i mean the toronto people are sick and we don't want the sick people here the vast majority More than 99% are not sick. Mm -hmm. As a province, we have more than an 80% recovery rate. Now, I could see your concern. If they just for some reason randomly opened up the border tomorrow and you got a reservation for 12 coming from Buffalo. Because they do seem to have a bit of a problem that we don't have in America. That, maybe I could see your point. Telling people from Toronto you don't want them at your business in Kitchener or in wherever is opening, I don't understand that mentality. That, to me, is ridiculous. And for the people, too, I, I between that and people commenting how you guys need to stop being so excited for phase two when people are now putting their lives at risk because we're being told to rush back to work. Okay, Nobody's rushing all, back to work. It's been hang, three months. Hang on. Hang on, though, because fuck off because there's been so many let's say grocery employees frontline workers who've actually in the midst of the pandemic in the hardest hit times in the worst of times were right there giving you your groceries so i think that whatever you're doing now it's not as bad okay first of all fine Second of all, how bad is it where you're working? What is problematic? And why do you think your life is in danger? Because every single business right now should be focusing on one thing. If they're reopening, if they're one of the people doing that tomorrow, someone with COVID will walk through these doors, pretend it, say it's going to happen. Are we putting enough things in place to make sure our workers will not catch COVID? Even if someone comes in with COVID, that's exactly what you should be. That's how they should be thinking about it, regardless of if they're coming from Cambridge, Hamilton, Toronto, Milton, doesn't fucking matter. Someone walks through the doors with COVID-19. 
Is everybody safe? And if the answer is no, then there's a fucking problem. Then raise a stink. Otherwise, get back to work. Do everything you're supposed to be doing. That You should be prepared properly, and I would hope so. And again, if not, absolutely call them out. Absolutely say, I was given no PPE, or I was told this. Because I guarantee you, though, your place of work knows full well they need to do things properly. And it should be fine. It should be just fine, regardless of where people are coming from. Thank you. I'm glad you said a couple of things there. Number one, treat every person who comes through the door as if they might have it. That's the best way to be safe. And number two, people need to get back to work. You know, you may have had that that visa bill or that mortgage payment deferred for a few months, but your few months is coming up. People need to start making a paycheck again, and it's going to be very different. People aren't even going to make the same money that they used to. If you're one of the servers who got called back to work this weekend, well, I mean, hey, you're not going to have nearly as many tables to wait on because the the dining rooms are not open. It's just patio only, and it's going to be chilly this weekend, so you're probably going to be cold. But otherwise, do a good job. Make as many tips as you can, and I hope people that are going out will leave some tips and be extra generous because we're happy to have these things back. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, to assume that because you're a, you're a hair salon in Kitchener, there's no risk as long as we keep the Toronto people out. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard something that stupid. Mm-hmm. There are concerns everywhere. And by the way, that's just for COVID-19. Let's not forget about all the regular flu and the pink eye and all the other shit that's going around. The precautions we're taking now are probably good practical precautions to take anytime, even when there is a vaccine for COVID-19. So please stop vilifying 416 and 905 and 647s because they're really not. They're not bad people. They're just like us. Enough's enough. Like, you got to get off this talking point here. Another thing I don't understand is, and I don't want to shit on the ECEs or the child care workers, but there seems to be a lot of people that are outraged that the child care centers are reopening on Friday. Mm-hmm. People understand that they don't have to open tomorrow, right? They're just allowed to open That's as right. of tomorrow. And in a lot of cases, they aren't because they were waiting on those guidelines and the guidelines just came down a few days ago. So there's no way in a lot of cases they can put those things in place that they're supposed to in time to open on Friday. That's a bit unrealistic anyway. Okay. They're just allowed to. That's it. Okay, but listen, there's a lot of businesses who didn't exactly need a crystal ball to realize that when they do reopen, they're going to have to keep uh, uh, PPE handy, and they're going to have to limit the amount of people that are in their care, and they're going to have to get rid of uh, toys and things like that that are shared regularly that could transmit. Like It didn't take a, a crystal ball to realize that what's in these reopening plans is basically common sense. There's a lot of daycares that are ready and raring to go. They want to open their doors and start paying their bills again. There's a lot of ECEs that really want to get back to working with their kids. They're ready and they've been ready, just like restaurants and retail stores. They use the time they were closed to prepare for when they're allowed to reopen. I I don't know that you can tell the daycares that are ready and have been ready for a while to reopen, you have to stay closed because not everybody's ready. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. I know that there's going to be a lot of parents who aren't comfortable sending their kids to daycare. I totally respect that decision. You make the best decision your for decision. your family's That's health. That's the thing. No one's forcing anyone to do anything. It's an option. And for some people, they really need that option. There's also a lot of workers that want to get back to work, but just found out when they were allowed to reopen this Friday that their facility they work at isn't ready to open. And they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs thinking, 
Come on, let's go. I want to get back to work. I want to see my kids again. I want to to get back to doing whatever it is you do at, at work. I mean, people are ready. We've been cooped up for three months. What is it? I think it's Saturday is the three-month anniversary of when the World Health Organization officially declared it a pandemic, even though it probably was a pandemic about two months before that. They just took their time doing that. Wow. It's kind of funny, actually. If you go back and listen to season three of the After Nine podcast, you can see all these events that are now a memory for us unfolding in real time. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it from start to finish, and it's amazing the things that got called out even back in February. If back in February, we were asking, why haven't they declared this a pandemic yet? Yeah. It or, wasn't until March that they did it. Yep. Yeah. And then when it got a little bit worse, we're like, shut everything down for two weeks and let's stop this from happening. And people actually message us saying, you're nuts. We shouldn't shut things down. We shouldn't close stores. We shouldn't do this. And lo and behold, we had to do all of those things. Oh, yeah. We're just going to pay people to sit at home. Yeah, we did. And that probably stopped a massive catastrophe mm-hmm. by paying people to stay home. Uh, by the way, there's some people who think the CERB should be extended till Christmas. Do you think that's a good idea? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, it dep- like, who are we talking about here? Who's, who's receiving the SERP? It would be people that are still <clears throat> displaced because of COVID-19. Right. There's a lot of businesses right. closed right now that haven't been given permission to reopen under phase two that are not going to make it to reopening. Right. They're right. just not reopening. And their staff doesn't know it yet, but their staff is yeah. out of a job. Uh, you know what? And that part does break my heart. And yes, I do. I do think in some cases, yes. And they should be specific on who, who would get it. I know personally uh, a couple people who worked at, you know, a spot that likely just won't reopen because what is the uh, club scene, for example, going to look like? What are people going to be able to really, you know, dance and whatnot? And the places there are some places with a patio and a good menu, but it is quite rare to have those good bars that can where you can actually dine at too, right? The two-in-one, if you will. There's do a you, lot of... Right? So when are those going to open? Who knows? Do you really think clubs will ever reopen? I don't know. That, that's what I mean. I know for a fact there's a couple that won't, and nothing's public knowledge yet, but I know that there's... Struggling is like the least, the least, I, I, it's the lowest way to put it, I guess, because they're pretty sure that they can't reopen because when the heck is that going to happen? You got to think about it. Like, when are you going to go to a club? Like, unless you have your little pods and everybody stays in their pod and just kind of looks at each other and waves at each other and dances in their own little area. But even then, what's the point? What is the point? What's the point? You know, unless they're going to serve shooters that are filled with a vaccine, uh, I, I really can't see it happening. If they invented a, an alcohol that you that would get you drunk and protect you from COVID-19, I could see the clubs being jammed again. Uh, notwithstanding that, I don't see many people racing out to the clubs. And if they do, it'll be one of those not every week kind of deals like you may have done in the past. It'll be, uh, it's such and such as birthday, so we should go to a club. But that's really the only time we're going to a club anytime soon. You know, and I feel bad. I do feel bad for, for club owners. And I never thought that I would say that, but I truly do. Because it won't. It won't be happening for a long time unless, like I said, they also have like a huge patio and a good menu that's quite rare so uh, unless it's the bigger establishments that do also serve food during the day or had a right decent menu because can you even can you even continue to hand out drinks and just be a drink only socially distanced club it's it's got to change it's got to change to survive The uh, Border Patrol, our border is still closed, by the way, and it looks like it's going to stay closed again. It looks like they'll extend it again beyond June 21st, which I'm not even that upset about. But uh, Border Patrol, 
just seized $3.3 million worth of marijuana from a truck crossing into the U.S. from Canada at the Peace Bridge in Fort Erie. How dumb are you? Why, why would you do that? Like, wh- Why would you even take a chance in this time? Hey, I'm really new at doing this drug thing. What, can't I just cross over there and just, there you go? Isn't it that easy? <laughs> Hi, I'm the new guy just driving through with some stuff. Don't worry about it. He had a truck full of weed <laughs> and tried to drive over the border. Now, in case you're not familiar with it, uh, the border is closed except for essential traffic and that includes the movement of goods so the border guards have a lot of free time on their hands because typically they have a lot of people trying to cross the border every hour hundreds and hundreds of cars right now there's hardly any cars so they've got a lot of extra time to check the trucks Mm -hmm. did you really think they weren't going to look in the back of the truck i feel like there's got to be more to this like this person thought someone was in on it that would let them go You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you're that freaking stupid. Like, don't tell me someone's that dumb. I feel like there's more to this. Like, they thought, okay, someone's coming. And, like, maybe they thought it would be some kind of an inside job that'll go well. Or they were told, oh, if you go between 12 and 1 or whatever, uh, they never check. Like, someone was told wrong information. That's the only way I could possibly think that this happened. Otherwise, and if not, you're a fucking idiot. And you shouldn't even be driving. Right. (laughs) They should take away your license because you're an idiot. Because you're dumb. Uh, I should give an update, by the way. I told you that my son was going down to the States last week. and he, go? He did make it in. He went to the Peace Bridge. And the guy said to him, uh, I haven't seen a car in days. What's up? <laughs> and he showed him his student visa. And he said, I got to go to school. And so the guy said, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. But uh, in the time that he was talking to him, might have taken two minutes max. He said there was like a half a dozen border guards that all surrounded his car and they were peeking in the windows and stuff like that. Not that they had any reason to believe that a, a high school kid that's just going back to school was doing anything wrong. It's just they had a lot of extra time on their hands. But he did make it down there and uh, he's still there. It's just that when he comes back, he has to self-isolate for two full weeks or get a COVID test. I assume uh, at some point we'll be doing them at like fucking tim hortons or whatever because it seems like if anybody who wants a test can get a test now i'm surprised they haven't made them available at mcdonald's or tim's or whatever this should just be like a little extra that you get in your takeout bag well stick it up your nose and then mail it in it's funny you say that but it is actually like drive up tests that they are doing yeah they are it's drive through here now it is yeah so a girlfriend of mine um takes the test pretty regularly she's a immune compromised and she also has a husband that is too so they're very careful and she kind of snapchatted me the entire story of her getting it so she goes into the parking spot that she's supposed to go into and she calls the number she's supposed to they go swab her and then they send your your results i don't know if they email it or they mail it whatever the case is uh they make it very easy it's basically a drive-through covid test that's what it is Fantastic. Which is great. You know what? I think so, too. If for no other reason but peace of mind. It's just you can't take your foot off the gas and, and you can't get the test done and hear, oh, I don't have it. Great. And then start walking around without gloves or a mask or not taking any of the distancing precautions that we're supposed to take. It just means you don't have the, the virus right now. You could still get it. Although we're running out of places to catch it when more than 80% are recovered, the rest are either dead or they are in hospital or in self-isolation. Really, the only risk of spread that I can tell is from people who don't know they have it yet. So be careful. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, 99% of people don't have it. So that's worth pointing out here, too, in the name of being balanced. Uh, A couple of the things I want to squeeze into this podcast 
there are new guidelines out from the American Cancer Society. This was just announced on Tuesday that say you should have zero alcohol to prevent cancer. Zero alcohol. Good luck. Zero alcohol. You have to cut it out completely from your diet. Now, previously, they recommended limiting alcohol consumption to one drink a day for women and no more than two a day for men. A drink is defined as 12 ounces of regular beer, five ounces of wine, or one and a half ounces of 80 proof distilled spirits. Now, these amounts are still recommended for those who choose to not totally eliminate it from their diet, but they say your best chance at preventing cancer is to completely cut alcohol out of the diet. Here's my problem with that. <laughs> There's only one? <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> my one problem. It's, uh, you know, it's tough. We hear all these things, though. It's so conflicting. Like, to, for me personally, and, and by all means, you listen to the sources that you want to listen to, especially when they're highly educated people. We're not talking about Joe Schmuck off the street thinks this. However, when you do... Like to talk to a lot of different people who have, you know, turned 100 and you ask them, you know, what are your diet? What are your changes? What have you done, you know, to avoid getting things like cancer, which everybody knows someone who's got cancer. And they're like, I fucking drink. I smoke. I do this. It really is all in the genes. And sure. OK, that's that's fine that that some scientists will say if you cut down on this or if you don't do this, your chances are s- slim or more slim than they would have been. But, I mean, just because you drink doesn't mean you are going to get it. And that's the way some people will interpret that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people can use that little tidbit in a lot of different ways. Uh, Listen, it's not like they're saying, if you don't drink, you won't get cancer. And I think that's the problem here. If there was a surefire, don't do this, you won't get cancer, I bet there's a lot of people that wouldn't do that. But they're not. They're just saying this can help reduce your chances. And while some people will take this advice, and maybe that's the kick in the butt they needed to cut back on the booze a little bit, uh, it's not going to work for everybody. And I think that's part of the problem here. Uh, Do you think Dundas Street should be renamed? Put you on the spot? Uh, Okay, so tell me the whole backstory as to why, why there's a call for it. I have it right here. There's an online petition calling for Dundas Street in Toronto specifically. They're going after Dundas in Toronto, although I'm going to venture a guess that most municipalities have a Dundas Street. It's a very common name. This has had thousands of signatures added to the petition already. The street is named after an 18th century politician named Henry Dundas, who is responsible for delaying Britain's abolition of slavery by 15 years the petition argues street names should reflect current values and priorities so we know it is young dundas square and we're just talking particularly about this street or is every dundas named after him because like you said there's a lot of dundas streets or abs there's cities named dundas there's streets roads crescents is it all him or, or is this street specifically was named after him and that's why this is and it's also a major 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 street a major intersection I think that probably if you searched back hard enough, you would see probably a couple of people named it after Mr. Henry Dundas from the 18th century Britain. Wow. And then other people just named it a Dundas because they liked Dundas as a name or they just copied it from another city. Wow. I don't know that every municipality necessarily knew the history there when they named it that. Uh, listen, if we're going to start doing that, that's fine. But there's a lot of shit 
that if you trace it back far enough, Absolutely. could have racist roots. Absolutely. We're going to really be renaming everything. That's That was exactly my hesitation on that, is that... Uh, I understand it's named after him. Um, it is set as Young... I mean, everybody knows Young Dundas Square. Everybody knows it. So Because that's the intersection it's located at. That's right. Everybody knows it as like Young Dundas, that area. Um, I... Uh, yeah, like you said, then you've got to uncover a whole bunch of other shit and get ready for it because there is a lot of it. Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, there's streets that are named and schools that are named after individuals that I'm sure if you dug hard enough have some some pretty questionable stuff on the racism front. We're going to be renaming a lot of stuff if we want to do that. Sure. And, 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 and I'm not saying that it should stay the same or that it should change. I'm just saying yeah. that practically speaking, when you change a street, particularly a street as common and long as Dundas, there's a lot of ripple effect there. Everybody who lives on that street, it's every huge. business, it, there's a it's cost that goes with absolutely. all of that. I was going to say the cost to the city alone, not just in, okay, you have to, they have to change their sign. So what? No, but think about all the businesses that are on Dundas that now have to change all of their material. And there are a lot of businesses on Dundas. They'd have to change everything just to accommodate it too. So it's not just about the fact of, okay, this is named after some racist son of a bitch. We should probably change this name. You're impacting a lot of people in doing that. So it would be, even if it happened, Scott, it would be an extremely slow process. And so it should be because the people who are on Dundas Street all of a sudden have to change everything and some of them have to pay. And then who's paying for it, right? Oh, the businesses will pay. You know the what I mean? It's not, and that yeah. doesn't seem fair to me either because there's going to be some businesses there that have to change up you know, some of their material and, and whatever else it, it might be. Some signage, perhaps. And it's not cheap. It adds up. And they're already probably struggling, the storefront anyway, um, and other businesses too. They're not going to want to do that. Is there anybody out there, though, who knew this all along? Because I have a feeling a lot of people are just learning this now and thinking, oh, shit, I had no idea. But are there any people out there who actually knew the history and it just made their blood boil every time they had to turn onto Dundas Street, knowing they were I driving no on a street. Idea. Until this got brought up, until I saw this petition circulate, I had no idea where Dundas had even come from. I did not I know. I thought it was just a name. Yep, I, I did not know. So it is interesting to know those things, but like you said, once we start opening up all of this, the history of everything, the, there, there should be a lot of changes then. And, and is that the way to do it? I don't know. Or do we just go forward with not naming anything else going forward with these names? Right. I mean, think of all of the buildings, parks, roads, airports, schools that are named after people. Let's go through their history and figure out if they have any racist connection at all. And if they do... Do we rename it or are we just singling out this one particular street because there happened to be a historian that happened to know that and brought it up and that one caught attention? I don't know what the answer is here, but it's going to be a debate that people will be having for a while. That's right. Uh, and if it's not that, it's it's to indigenous people, too. Right. We've heard a lot of things being uncovered that was not OK to our indigenous people. So there's that as well. It's, it's there's a whole bunch of stuff. I totally agree with you again, everyone. A happy Phase two Eve, be safe out there tomorrow at 11 a.m. when those patios open up if you're going. If you are listening in 519 or 289 or 705, please stop demonizing 905, 416, and 647. It's not their fault, and they're not all sick. And if you want to weigh in on Stay this or anything else. Stay off my land, you sickos. <laughs> you know what, though? Let's be honest. People that live in the GTA are very GTA-centric. If you really, really, really want to keep them out, 
Kitchener, Guelph, Barry, uh, Peterborough. Just create an accident on the 401. Mm-hmm. Create an accident on the 400. Because the Toronto people don't know a lot of alternates to get around. You, as a commuter, when you go into their city all the frickin' time, uh, you know how to get around it if the 400 is closed or if the 401 is closed. Coming the other way, they don't go there very often. They don't know that, oh, shit, I can take side road 21 and still get to, to Guelph to sit on a patio this weekend. So somebody uh, create an accident or uh, something, and that'll keep them out. It'll be like your own version of the wall. But I would really prefer you stop demonizing 647 and 905. And it really it, won't be that bad, Scott. I think most of those people, if anything, are setting up to get their to get waxing and to get maybe get their hair done. But it, I don't see a lot of people driving all the way to Toronto just to sit on a patio. I, I'll be surprised if many do. And stop with these crazy predictions, too. It's amazing how many people are... I didn't want to be back on this. I was trying to wrap it up. And now one more point. Um, it, it's amazing how many people say things like, oh, you watch... Second wave is coming in two weeks. Second wave's coming here. You watch, and it's all because of Trinity Bellwoods Park. Well, nothing happened from Trinity Bellwoods Park. It's almost like when you put out a bold prediction like that, Facebook or Twitter or whatever should remind you two weeks later to check and see if you were right. And if you were wrong, you should it should automatically just generate an auto-apology. This person was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because it was a lot of fear-mongering for nothing. In any case, we got to bounce, everybody. You have a good one, and we will have another podcast coming out tomorrow called After 9.